0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now here's Mary Stirk.
1: Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about the concept of de-risking your investment portfolio. Now what I want to be really clear about when I'm talking about this is I don't mean taking all of the risk out of your portfolio. I'm talking about reducing it or minimizing it. So let's have a conversation about risk because so many people are reaching out to us concerned about risk right now, concerned about market volatility. So this is a perfect time to be talking about the actual risk levels that are part of people's investment portfolios. So first thing I want to talk about is this, and that's where does risk come from? Well, in a portfolio, your risk that you have can come from a variety of different places. You can have market risk, which is about the market losing value and you actually losing money. You can have interest rate risk, which means you may have invested your money in something and that is more stable and has less market risk but depending on what interest rates do, it might not make much interest for you. So you have the risk of your interest stream and your income from that not being as high as what you anticipated it to be. That's a real risk right now for a lot of investors because we have interest rates at such low levels right now. Another type of risk is called sequence of returns risk. And that's for people who are starting to approach retirement if you have a negative market condition in the first few years of your retirement where you're actually drawing out money you really can put your entire portfolio at risk of not ever being able to recover from those early first few negative years so there's many different types of risks that are out there not just market risk so when we talk about de-risking or reducing the risk in your portfolio We wanna try to hit on a number of those things to try to bring those risk levels down, but still attempt to have the potential for growth within your portfolio. So one thing I wanna mention is this, a lot of people have kind of a preconceived notion that the risk that they have in their portfolio comes just from the stocks that they own in their portfolio. And here's the thing, stocks and bonds both carry risk. You can have both stocks and bonds make money and you can have stocks and bonds lose money. Now, do they make and lose the same amounts? Not usually, usually there's a difference in how much up or down they can both go. But I want to be really clear that bonds are not a safe haven against all risk. They certainly can carry risk of loss. And bonds definitely carry that interest rate risk that I was mentioning earlier. Another thing that I want to talk about is precious metals. So a lot of times when people are trying to de-risk their portfolio, they think about moving money to precious metals, um, moving money out of traditional stocks and bonds. And while that can be a diversifier, I wanna be really clear that precious metals can lose value too, just like stocks and bonds can. So you have to be careful when you think about where risk can live, that you're really clear about the fact that many, many different types of investments that make up a portfolio do carry some level of risk and maybe more than one type of risk. Okay, so the next logical thing to talk about when it comes to risk is something that's called your risk tolerance. And for most people listening to this, you probably have heard that term before. You've probably heard the term risk tolerance or risk tolerance questionnaire, and you may be thinking, okay, yeah, that's really basic. But the truth is that this basic concept really does need to be the driver of many of your overall investment decisions. And that's really important to keep in mind. Back to the basics on this one, (laughs) that makes a difference. So, What is risk tolerance? Risk tolerance is how much comfort level you personally have with the potential for losses and gains and the fluctuation between them with your investments. Not a very difficult concept, something that we can all really kind of understand. What a lot of people really don't get though is that there's five major tiers of risk levels. So conservative, moderately conservative, moderate, moderately aggressive, and aggressive. And as you move from conservative through those levels up to aggressive, the amount of risk in your portfolio is going to get bigger. So we kind of refer to that move from the conservative side dialing up to the aggressive side as a risk dial. And you can put your dialed in risk at any point in there that you want to. But for most people, we can understand that where we wanna land is somewhere in one of those five categories. Conservative, moderate, conservative, moderate, moderately aggressive, aggressive. One of the things that I see people making mistakes on though is thinking that all of their money should have the same risk tolerance level. And so when people take a risk tolerance quiz, let's say that it tells them, oh, you are moderately aggressive with the way you're answering these questions. A lot of people mistakenly put 100% of their portfolio then into something that is moderately aggressive and they have all of their assets allocated with that same risk level. And what I want you to understand is that is not the ideal way to diversify the risk and minimize it in the most appropriate way within your overall retirement portfolio. So what does that mean? how can you have different risk tolerances for different accounts? Well, that all connects to another investment concept. That's called time horizon. Time horizon is all about how much time will it be until you're likely to actually spend that money. Most of your money has different time horizons. The money that you have in your bank, in your checking account, That time horizon might be until tomorrow, when you're going to pay your bills with it. The money that you have in some accounts, let's say your Christmas account, that might have a time horizon until the next Christmas holiday. Maybe you have a vacation fund, saving for a vacation that's three years from now. Maybe you have money that you know you're going to spend 10 years from now versus retirement that's in 20 years from now. And then when you think about your actual retirement, you know, if you're between the ages of let's say 55 and 65 right now, you might have some money that's retirement money that you intend to spend sooner rather than later that might only have within 10 years of a time horizon, but that doesn't mean all your money's that way. Because if you are 65 now and you live till 95, you still want that money working for you and helping you. That's still 30 years in the future. So, beyond just figuring out what your risk tolerance is, savvy investors are going to determine what's the time horizon for each different piece of their investment portfolio, and then assign a very specific and deliberate risk tolerance level based on that asset's time horizon. So this takes the basic concept of risk tolerance level to a more advanced concept of tying the risk tolerance level to the time horizon that you have for your assets. So what's the best way to do that? I would say that one of the best ways to do that is to seriously sit down and look through all of your assets to think about when am I going to spend this money? What are my goals and objectives and how do those line up with what I want this money to do for me? That ties to another concept that's called your money philosophy. And the thing about it is this money really isn't about what it can actually buy you or give you a feeling of comfort or security or happiness. The only thing money really does is that it buys you the ability to have choices. And when you have choices you're going to choose how to spend that money based on what you want to choose to have happen in your life and so when you think about that and you're you're thinking about how do you reduce the risk in your portfolio so you're most comfortable with things it has to tie with these choices that you want to live some people are going to make a choice to send their kids to a four-year private school some people are going to make a choice to send their kids to a trade school that choice has a radically different financial impact. In retirement, some people are gonna choose to buy a lake house. Some people are gonna choose to go into retirement debt-free. And those two choices might have a completely financial, you know, different impact for you. So the moral of this story is that your money philosophy, which is about how you want to spend your money, what choices in your life you wanna make, Your money has to align to support that. And anybody can spit out graphs and charts and numbers at you. But one of the things that we're really good at is helping people figure out what is important to them, what their financial goals and objectives are, and then actually helping them align their money in a way that supports the life that they want to live. And along with that goes, well, what's the right risk tolerance then for the pieces of money that are aligned with how you want to spend them when you're making these choices. So it all kind of comes together full circle and we can do that inside our bucket planning philosophy.
0: Congratulations to Mary Sterk for being named three years in a row to the 2020 Forbes list for best in state wealth advisors and top women wealth advisors.
1: with Mary Sterk. And today we're talking about de-risking your portfolio or how to reduce or minimize risk. Again, it's not trying to take all of the risk out of it. That's not what I'm talking about. It's trying to figure out how do you set up the minimal amount of risk and still capture the maximum potential gain with the way that you feel comfortable. So we talked about the basic concept of the risk tolerance questionnaire and, and understanding what risk level you're at we expanded that by talking about your time horizon and making sure that you tie the risk levels for each pool of money you have to the time horizon of when you want to spend it and then we further enhance that concept with talking about your money philosophy making sure that the choices that you want to make in your life are supported and aligned with the way you have your money set up okay So let's talk about the bucket planning concept that really ties this all together. So one of the things that I think is especially effective about the bucket planning process is that we use a three bucket approach for it. We have three different types of time horizons that we can identify with it. We have what's called a now bucket, a soon bucket and a later bucket. The now bucket is for money that has a time horizon of one year or less. The soon bucket, is money that has a time horizon between one to 10 years from now. And the later bucket is money that you're not anticipating to actually use for 10 years or more. So now, soon and later. That's how we break that up. Now, when you think about the now bucket, the now bucket really has several different purposes. So living inside of your now bucket, you want to think about having money that's going to be your emergency fund. Now, everybody has a different number that they feel comfortable with in their emergency fund. Some people that's $5,000, some people that's $55,000, some people that's $155,000. There's no one number that's right for everybody. In your working years, there's rules of thumb that you can follow where three to six months of your spending needs is a good idea for your emergency fund. But in retirement, that's a little bit more nuanced because your income levels generally are more set, more fixed, and your emergency fund needs can change a little bit. But it's a very custom-designed number. The bottom line is you have to be comfortable with it, right? You have to be able to sleep at night knowing this is how much money you have in your emergency fund. Another type of money that lives in the now bucket is planned expenses. So if you know you're gonna spend money on something in the next year, Let's say that you need a new car, let's say you're going to remodel your house or you have a wedding to spend some money on. Allocating money in the now bucket for those kind of planned expenses is something that we want to be focusing on with that type of time horizon sometime in the next year. And then the last type of thing that we look for in the now bucket is if you already are retired or if you're out of work, Do you have enough income to spend that you're going to live on over the next 12 months? So income in the next 12 months, if you're not working is a critical part of your now bucket. Now the now bucket has all kinds of different investment vehicles that you could utilize for that. But the bottom line with the now bucket is you want that money to be liquid, meaning that you can get out without any penalties. You can get out without any fees. And you really want this money to be safe. And when I use the word safe, what I mean is backed up by the FDIC guarantees at a bank. Okay. That's what you want to have going on in your now bucket. The soon bucket then we said was for a time horizon between one to 10 years. So it's money that you think of you're probably going to spend sooner rather than later. Kind of ties in nicely with the names of those buckets. So. If you know that there's money you're going to spend in the next one to 10 years, then that's the type of money that you want to have positioned in your soon bucket. So thinking through what that might be, if you're younger, you might have an expense, but you might not anticipate having it for five years. So maybe it's money you want to buy that dream home with in five to seven years. That should be allocated in the soon bucket. If you're approaching retirement, we can calculate how much money you're likely to need to spend out of your retirement portfolio. And we want to segregate that into the soon bucket. If you're already in retirement, but you're not pulling things out of your retirement accounts cause you're maybe your income is enough through social security or pensions. We actually really want to take a hard look at your required minimum distributions that are going to be forced out of your portfolio between one and 10 years from now that money is going to get forced out without you having any control of it and since we know that's going to get forced out we might want to have a different type of risk level associated with it now the money that's in the soon bucket we have all kinds of different investment vehicles that that can be invested again but primarily what you want to be thinking about with the money in the soon bucket is that it is conservative We want to reduce the amount of market risk that is inside the soon bucket. We want to be able to reduce the market risk in there and then because of doing that, it will work to reduce the sequence of returns risk that you can have when you're starting to need to utilize your retirement money. So you kind of kill two risk birds with one stone by having the soon bucket allocated conservatively And knowing that that's the money that we're going to plan to use between one year from now and 10 years from now. Now, that lets all the rest of the money that you have be something that's later. You're not going to use it soon. You're not going to use it probably for 10 years or more. But let's face it, if you live a nice long life in retirement, you definitely are going to have a plan for some of your money to be out there for 10 years or more. So that's the later bucket. And the goal of the later bucket is really to be focused on the potential for more growth. So the market risk in your portfolio should live out there in the later bucket. If you're going to take market risk, that's the place where it belongs. So with that being said, if you have some market risk in your later bucket, the reality is if we have a down market, that portfolio piece is going to go down. However, what you have got yourself into is you don't need that money for at least 10 years. You hopefully have plenty of time for the market to rebound and come back up before you have to use that money. So by having a now and a soon bucket, you've bought yourself a time horizon for this later bucket money of at least 10 years from now. So if there is market fluctuation, you've got time for it to hopefully come back up. And that's the beauty of the later bucket. again, there's all kinds of investment vehicles that can be used in the later bucket, but the focus of that is really on growth potential. One of the biggest mistakes that I see people making when they get close to retirement is saying, well, I'm going to have to use this money soon. I got to get everything more conservative because I don't want to lose anything because now I have to live on it. And they completely forget about the reality that if they live 20, 30, 40 years in retirement and they don't have any potential for growth, they may run out of money without that potential for growth inside there. So the biggest mistake that I see people making is taking everything they have and moving it all to something conservative and completely abandoning and giving up the potential for growth that could live inside of that later bucket. And the second biggest mistake that I see is people not paying attention to these things at all and having way too much risk, having basically everything out there in the later bucket and not thinking about what they might need sooner rather than later. And then if that, if we have a big market downturn, if that happens, that can wipe out your later bucket and you need to start spending out of it, now you have a problem. So if you don't pay attention, what that you have effectively done is you haven't created that soon bucket that's necessary for what you're going to be spending a year from now to 10 years from now. So. Going back to what I was saying earlier in this conversation is the risk tolerance levels should be different for each one of those buckets. The now bucket is all about liquidity and virtually little to no risk. The soon bucket is all about conservative risk and the later bucket is growth oriented risk. So different types of risks for the different time horizons of your money set up in such a way to be able to buy and fund and spend the money in the way you want to choose to for the experiences you wanna have be a part of your life. And that's how a bucket plan ties these things so well together for people. It ties your risk tolerance, it ties your time horizon, ties your money philosophy together. And ultimately when done well, really does help reduce the overall risk of a portfolio To be completely in line with what your comfort level is. So, for those of you who are looking to figure out a way to de risk your portfolio or reduce and minimize some of the risk and align things the way that is most effective for you, I highly encourage you to reach out to one of our advisors and schedule a call, schedule a Zoom meeting, schedule an office meeting. Come in and visit with somebody about your situation and let's see if a bucket plan makes sense for you. I hope this has been valuable information as you think about your own portfolio and the risks that you have. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.
0: The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein.